Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course, anytime. Thank you for being available. I see you. It's me. It's me. It's me. It's me. It's me, Shell, bitch. Hey, gente, welcome back to another week of the It's Me, Shell podcast. And remember, my job is to make your road to Friday a lot easier. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where in the world you are, mi gente. I hope you had an amazing start to your week. And as always, thank you for tuning in and sharing your Monday blues with me. This week, we have an amazing guest. He's a writer, an ESL teacher abroad, and a size 13 shoe. And it'll make sense later on, I promise. And I <laughs> it sounds so weird when you start off like that. So welcome, Phil the Blurred Explorer. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for joining me. I know it's really early over there. I really appreciate you and your time. So thank you. I don't know. Thank you for saying yes. Oh, of course. Listen, I so I um, I like interviewing authors and writers because mm -hmm. your create your creativity is very different than the normal thing I see every single day. Right. You know, and every every author I've interviewed has had different experiences and just different things they write about. So I really enjoy it. So thank you so much. Now, let's see. I usually start with an icebreaker. This sure. week, we're talking to Phil, better known as the Blurred Explorer, about his life as an ESL teacher in South Korea. And he's also the author of two travel guides titled The Black Traveler's Guide to, and I might say this wrong, is it it Ichion? Ichion? Inchon, Inchon. 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 Yeah. Okay. And the Black Traveler's Guide to, I'm going to say this wrong too, Daegu? Yeah. No, that's right. You got it. You got that one. Oh, all right. And there's a third book on the way, but I don't want to tell any secrets yeah. that you talk no, about. No, that was everything. Uh, I'm making a child, I'm doing a Black Traveler's Guide for South Korea as, as a country, for the country of South Korea. That's my third book. It's my, my biggest project I ever worked on. I've been on this for like two years now. Wow. But we'll say about two years of account right now. Really? And what do you do? Is it just like you kind of explore and you write things that you see and interpret in your own way? Or is it just basically it's for a little bit of both, uh, mixture of that. So uh reason I can and then I mentioned a little bit before why I call it the black child's guy. Uh is real well, anybody's welcome to read, of course. It's really for many black and brown folk who travel overseas because you know our experience is gonna be completely different. Uh, compared to the generic white person's travel experience like they can pick up and read it you know but when it comes to travel like you know especially when you go to asia like people parts of asia where it's very homogenous like 98 percent of population looks the same right and of course anybody who looks different is going to get stared at and there's no different south korea and uh reason i kind of focus on black child particularly for an african-american standpoint is because most african-americans you know growing up most of us never knew anybody who traveled a little overseas that wasn't if they did because they're in the military Right. And that was like from like, you know, from like what, um, the 60s, 70s up to like, say, the, like the mid 2010s. Like, I never seen or ever heard of black travelers living overseas. If I did, it's because they were in the military and that's it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's, that's, I definitely, I've heard the same. 
Um, but so you've been living in South Korea since 2016. Where are you originally from? Uh, I live in South Carolina. Oh, wow. Do, is, do you still have family in South Carolina? I still, I still do. Okay. Was it a big, like, change for you? I'm, I'm sure it was like a culture shock going from South Carolina all the way to South Korea. Of course. Of course. I mean, you're going from a diverse place like uh, USA to South Korea, where you're like, uh, where at least in USA, you got a little bit of one of everything, different nationalities, right? right? Okay. Compared to uh, South Korea, it's like, nah, literally everyone, 98 99% population is like all the same, up and down, left and right. Wow. So you are definitely an anomaly out there. You're just, you always stand yeah. out. Of course. <laughs> so I kind of get the feeling from reading the, the guides that you, or your books, that you always wanted to travel abroad and teaching kind of created the opportunity for you. Would that be accurate? Uh, yeah, that's about right, yes, ma'am. Okay. So I wanted to ask you about your name. Where did the name Blurred come from? And I love, I know it means the the black nerd, but where did that yeah. come from? Uh, it's kind of a rebranding, actually. Uh, my first initial content creation was called the Minority Traveler. That was my first name. Got it. Uh, so, but then, you know, later on, like, okay, maybe just try like, to try to get bigger and bigger. It's like around like 2018, 2019. That's what I said, okay, uh, let's do a little rebranding, like new name, right? And I thought, okay, what's things I could buy, you know? Uh, obviously, the gaming. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, gaming, anime, travel, food. And it's like, why not go by Blurred, like Black Nerds? So that's where I came from, Blurred Explorer. Right. Well, I really do like that because when, what, so when I read it, I was like, Blurred, that's very interesting. I wonder what, what it meant. And then I kind of associate it with, well, you're a writer. So I was like, oh, maybe it's like a blurb, but like a spin on that. When, when I actually read, on your Instagram, what it was. I'm like, oh, that's so creative. Yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Especially after reading the books, I'm like, okay, I definitely see, you know, like the culture that you're into or what you like to do. I was like, okay, this totally um, makes sense. So I wanted to ask, in both your books, you expressed that you get a lot of like stares and you spoke about photographs. Like, you, I think you yeah. were like at a Pokemon tournament and to me, Pokemon is so versatile. Everybody knows about it. It's all around the world. So I wanted to ask, like as your experience as an American or as an African-American man in Asia, how has yeah. it been for you? Uh, it's been different, definitely unique. Um, now, as, as I mentioned before, because, you know, because I'm black, I do get stared at. Now, in Korea, it depends on what city I'm in. Like if I'm in the capital of Seoul, right? If I do get stared at, it's because I'm tall. Because, you know, Seoul, there's a lot more black, brown people over there. It's more diversity in Seoul, right? It's different cultures, right? Whereas if it goes to like medium or other cities, like outside of the major cities, right? It's because I'm black and tall. Because a lot of times, uh, and I want people, I stress it in the book, and I stress it with my travel stories because, uh, so because I know some, so for some black travelers, they're afraid to come to Asia because they're afraid they, they'll be looked at like a zoo animal, you know? Which is what's understandable. But I tell them, like, hey, listen, keep in mind, you're going to a population where like no one, where everybody, like 90, 99% population looks the same. And they really don't really intact performance. And if they do, it's usually because it's going to be a white person almost always. And so, like from an ESL standpoint, uh, most Koreans they never really had a non-white English teacher. Like it's going to be rare, especially where I'm at. I'm in rural Korea, so I'm probably the first non-white English teacher that my school's had. So. Wow. Okay. Well, one of my friends, he he was in a program where he was able to also teach abroad, but he was more like in the South American countries. So for him, it yeah. was. You know, it was a little easier for him to kind of acclimate because he was, I believe he's Puerto Rican. So, you know, he knows the language. Right. So 
here for him to me. I commend you because that's such a big change. I, I wish. I mean, you definitely changed my mind. It's on my bucket list at this point, but it's yeah. just big change um so i completely understand what you mean and traveling while black or brown you get the stares the murmurs the look of confusion from others you know yeah. but the line in your first book where you said um when you're traveling to asia in general you said you're an ambassador for every black person because koreans don't interact with people that look like us on a daily basis so yeah. it's extremely important for us to kind of stay in our lane because they only know what they about us like social media or whatever we're being portrayed right. at so i think that's very important because many people just go to different countries just want to get lit and want to do all these things without understanding yeah. that you sort of level of respect so did you ever find yourself in the beginning stages of living in korea or south korea kind of coming out of character or just being a little too i guess american in a sense for them um i think more I think they're more surprised, especially some of my students who like, again, like when you saw me, because I teach, I've been mostly focused on elementary. That's my thing. Elementary school students, right? Uh, so for them, it's like, holy crap, we got a black guy for a teacher. <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, first they saw me in the tall, and I was like, holy, it's like, yo, yo, guys, they're like, when they go home, talk about, like, mom, dad, I got a black teacher or something like that. So the facts, but again, it's like, and you know, I had kids wondering like, why, do, why does my skin tone, uh, why am I, why am I so dark, or why is my hair like this? And and so it's easy to get, you know, feel like you're being, they're being racist, but sometimes like, okay, they're young. Like I could let, I could let elementary kids slide when they get those type of questions because again, they're young. You can always educate them about that, right? Right. And you know, if you were with children, right, it's like those are the type of questions questions children will always ask, right? So I was like, okay. I can't really be mad at them, but we can always educate them and learn how to be better, right? Right. Now, it's really the everybody else who's like teenagers, adults, Korean adults who lose their minds, who at that same point is like, okay, no, y'all too damn old out like this. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I can let grandma, I can let the grandmas and the elderly folk pass because come on, look, going reaching the 70s, 80s, 90s, and they're seeing a black person the first time might cause a heart attack. So I can say that too. Um, so you talk about food throughout the guide mm -hmm. um and you also warn us a lot about cross-contamination and if you have food allergies have you ever experienced like a food allergy or are you even mm -hmm. allergic to anything no thankfully no i'm not allergic to anything though um yeah i do mention that a lot because i think uh when people do end up traveling overseas especially asia right most people don't really think about the foods they're going to eat because again some people think that oh i think when it comes to travel general, some people think are used to thinking oh if it works from my home country this way this can be fine the same way when I go overseas. Like, nah, nah. Every country is going to be different, different cups, customs, cultures, or rules, right? And the reason I keep pulling this out because, especially for me, Black Americans who probably never traveled overseas, they aren't aware that uh, food allergies aren't as common over here uh, compared to USA, right? And many of the common food allergies, like peanuts, uh, tree nuts, garlic, eggs, wheat, um, shellfish, seafood, those are very common ingredients in many Asian dishes. So it's like, so this is let people know, hey, this is the type of food ingredients you're gonna get. Even if you tell the staff in perfect fluent Korean that you can't eat this, you, like, you know, even as somebody who worked in a dish, I was a dishwasher before, I can tell you from a restaurant perspective, even if you tell the staff, there's still a high chance of cross-contamination in the restaurant. Oh, like wow. it's more, it's, let's put it this way, it's much easier to find a Korean who's lactose intolerant than find somebody who has food allergies. 
okay. I mean, because I mean, they've been there their whole lives. So I'm sure, you know, genetically they're, they can eat whatever yeah. it is that they eat out there. They're fine with. Some students, uh, well, I was going to make some uh, desserts as a reward for some classes. I had to double check. And some students, uh, like five or like a uh, 70 students, like it was very, the first time I ever heard about students who have food allergies, you know, because I never, again, I just never heard about it because it's just not as common. So it's not taken as seriously in Korea compared to, compared to say the USA and the UK if you have food allergies. So if you have those type of things, uh, definitely avoid street food. And if you really have like severe shellfish, seafood allergies, just uh, just get Airbnb and cook out and cook them there because you're gonna have a hard time here. Got it. Now, do you consider yourself like a foodie? Because I know you talk about like the many different foods. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's why I keep. That's why I struggle to lose weight here. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, it's not helping uh, when Korea has its own fried chicken and beer festival. Wow. Yeah. And what's that? Oh yeah, uh, I mentioned the Daegu book. It's called the Daegu Chimic Festival. It's a fried chicken and beer festival. Uh, about a week-long festival take place in in July. Uh, they actually made a comeback back in July 2022 because you know, 2020, 2021 it got canceled, right? Because of the you know what. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it made a massive comeback, and I had to go back and there because I'm added to the uh, to my next book, and that was it was a great time. Uh, tons of plates, tons of. Korean fried chicken styles of their version uh, chicken. Um, there will, sometimes you'll find other Korean uh, snacks and other goodies, and of course, lots of lots of cheap beers and drinks. Nice. So I know you mentioned in one of your books that you didn't drink, and I think it was the first one. Yeah. So yeah. are you drink now, or are you still? Well, like- I'm more like a casual drink. Like uh, I don't, uh, I rarely drink. If I'm going with the fellas, you know, once on a blue moon, have a beer or two. Why not? Sure, but. Uh, on the regular, no, I just never seen the appeal of just drinking or the idea of trying to get drunk, trying to get hammered. I just never seen the appeal to that. Yeah, no, I, yeah, there isn't much of an appeal <laughs> to it. Do you Did you have to get accustomed to like, flavors, seasonings, or even sizes? Because I know everything over there is kind of like for either big mm-hmm. groups or tables. Did you have to get used to the portion sizes over there? Uh, there, yeah, I would say the American size portions is like a family size portion, like for, because meaning in Korean culture, it's about sharing the meal. So there's going to be some dishes that you want to try, but you just can't because you can't go by yourself. Because some restaurants, some dishes, uh, you can't eat there by yourself. Now, uh, some places, it, it, it depends on the location, of course. Some say, okay, you can eat here, but you got to pay for two, you know? Gotcha. Uh, so users like that. So I can't, and I mentioned my next book too, like how there's some places or um, you might be able to, you probably sell to some like diner style Koreans, diner style restaurants. You can go to by yourself and get a cheap, good meal or other dishes. Like you can't go by yourself unless you get it delivered to your hotel or whatnot. Right. Okay. And uh, another thing I also have when it comes to food that uh, if you're a vegetarian or vegan, you kind of have a bit of a hard time here because um, we might find some vegan restaurants in Seoul, but it's just not as common like over in Korea, especially pork. If you can't eat pork because of religious health reasons, uh, that's a little bit easier to dodge compared to for vegans and vegetarians. I used to work with this doctor who did the like endoscopic um, ultrasound uh, Mm. meetings over in Seoul. So I would always have to like book his tickets and stuff. And every time he would come back, he would talk about how great of a time he had. So my question is, um, because I know you've been to Seoul. Have you lived in Seoul before or have have you just tried? I have not. I've just traveled there. I would not want to live in Seoul. Um, the closest I lived in was in Incheon, where my first book came from. Um, 
that's the closest I've been ever lived towards Seoul, and I really don't want to live there. Like Seoul for me, I think other other YouTubes like in Korea would we'll talk about we kind of agree in Korea like Seoul is a great place to visit for the weekend for holidays, but to live there, nah, I don't want that. Right. And, but that's why I wanted to ask because every time yeah. my doctor would come back, he would kind of say the same thing. Like, you know, it's a great place to be there. We had conference there. It's amazing. He's like, but I wouldn't want to go there all the time or live there or spend yeah. large same. amount of time there. Same, same. Like even for me right now, uh, back in October, I went to Seoul like three, almost three for every three weekends for the past three weekends. So that now November and uh, December this month, um, I'm actually going to go back to Seoul for the first time for a few weeks, uh, in a few weeks. Cause uh, like like you said, uh, one, the air quality is horrendous, especially during the winter. Uh, Korea's air quality is not the best, especially in the wintertime. Okay. Um, also crowded, very expensive, too. Uh, and I noticed that for Koreans, like, Seoul Koreans tend to be a little more ruder and a little bit more stressed out compared to other parts of Korea. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, and that's just for me. Like, I just want to have a good time living there. Um, now, so some people, foreigners, who's like, who had to say in Seoul, nothing else, right? Which is fine, your preference. Um, but for me, if you really want the good, best Korean experience, don't go to Seoul. Like, I mean, you can still go to Seoul if you're sending out an attempt to do that. But if you really want the best Korean experience, there are other great cities you can go to that are much cheaper and you still have a great time. Gotcha. So in your, I, I always, I'm trying my best. Yeah. To guide to in, Incheon. Incheon, yes, Incheon. It's okay. Okay. I know there were a lot of restrictions when that's where, you know, your first book came yeah. and you were writing it in the midst yeah. of, you know, what, um, or have these restrictions been lifted or because everybody has like their own rules and regulations when it comes right. to, you know, are parks open again? Are you able to explore a little more now? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so both, both two books, uh, reason, uh, at the time you probably know, uh, I roll in this as time when they're during the, you know, what, so this yeah. restrictions are really hard to do that, do certain activities or events. Um, and as the time was went on, as I was writing my next book, uh, the restrictions started getting a bit easier, eased up. Like back in um, May of this year, uh, around this, like the first, second week of May, that's when like we had like a four day weekend period. That's when the Korean government said, okay, they lifted the outdoor mask mandates. So like, you don't have to wear a mask outdoors at, at the time. Uh, and it's still kind of there. You still have to wear your mask indoors uh, for okay. public transportation and whatnot. Uh, and that's when I went to the city of Jeonju, which was in the southwest part of Korea, which is a very beautiful city, highly recommend it. And that's actually gonna be my next book too. Um, and then I believe at the time I'm recording this episode right now, I believe the Korean government said they're gonna lift the indoor mask mandates for next year, starting next year. Oh, okay. So they are moving just a little slower yeah. because out just here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Now, um, at the time, of course, during the, you know, 2020, 2021, like you had to have the QR code um that was mandatory and of course um that i got back i got vaccinated by choice i was i chose to get vaccinated myself though uh which i'm glad i did because actually i ended up coming contacted in you know what back in april so but thankfully nothing serious so but uh i managed to get through and that's what i was gonna say that's why i'm grateful i also got the injection or the vaccine because yeah. it wasn't as bad as it would be if you didn't have it you yeah. know so I'm very grateful for that. How did you you fully recover from it, or do you still have remnants of certain things? No, I'm thankfully I'm one of the few people who didn't have any like post post you know what uh, conditions. Uh, I only had like headache, lack of energy, um, and drowsiness, uh, but no coughing or sneezing. I had not, no respiratory issues, thankfully. Good. Um, yeah, yeah. So 
I still don't know how I managed contact with it, but it just it did happen though. Um, but yeah, we did also like especially last year was bad when we had like I went well, I was in Seoul and Gangnam particularly. Uh, there were anti-mass anti-vac no, anti-vaccine protests going on, and like you know those crazy vaccine conspirator folks, they were everywhere. And I'm like, oh god, I had to make a TikTok video about that because people were uh, spreading tons of misinformation too. And I'm like, oh god, this is bad. That's crazy. It happens everywhere. Same thing yeah. happens. Well, I'm sure as you've read and heard, same thing happens mm -hmm. here. Everybody just has misinformation. They spread it like wildfire and people always think it's conspiracy theories and all this stuff. Meanwhile, people like you and I who have been inoculated actually got COVID and we're like, well, you know what? It wasn't as bad as it was. You know, it's a real thing. It wasn't as bad, but it's a real thing. You definitely yeah. get sick. So I always find that interesting you have people out there who are like no don't do this they're trying to control you and x y and z whatever it is that they say no that gave me a life uh and of course i more concerned about my kids too like okay dad spreads the kids at lunchtime and stuff like that uh but which i'm pretty sure i got it from one of them but not on purpose of course but mm -hmm. or maybe it was i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's usually the case though when you work with kids they give you yeah, yeah. exactly especially true like you work with kids like and honestly, like I know, uh, I think next next school year we're going to start doing the mask mandates for classes. But even then, I'm still going to wear a mask while I'm teaching because uh, if you work, if, like I said, if you work with kids, anybody that's working with kids could probably tell you almost every year I got sick from a kid. Yeah, and it doesn't Somehow. matter. Right, it doesn't matter. It could be a pink eye, it could be a cold, yeah. it can be a sinus infection, whatever it is that they have. For some reason, they just love yeah. to cough it on. And if you work directly with them, you're gonna get something. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I will say last 2021, I didn't get any flu. I didn't fall, had no flus or coughing season, nothing. No, uh, mine went to flus and nothing last year because I wore a mask, thankfully. Gotcha. Well, okay, so I usually have this segment where I put my guests on the spot. So it's time. This is definitely very redundant, especially for you. you you're a teacher. So once you hear this title, you're going to be like, okay, girl. So it's time for my redundant, fiery seat of heat because it's fiery, it's hot, and we're sitting. So why not? And I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions, and you can answer them. Whatever first thing, you know, comes to mind, whatever you want to do. So question number one, have you dated while in Korea? Uh, no, I have not. No? Okay. Question number two. Um, if you had an opportunity to move to any other continent, because right now you're in Asia, where would it be and why? Ooh. Hmm. I'm a tie between South America or Europe. Okay. All right. Why? Is it just the weather or just to experience new things? or? Uh, the experience new things, also definitely learn more Spanish and also Portuguese because of Brazil. Um, and of course, if I wanted like to visit be closer to home, whatnot, then I could do that. Um, but yeah, I uh, just want to change the pace. But of course, uh, in terms of ESL, it kind of takes reason I'll go there or Europe because, uh, uh, I guess salary reason always isn't the highest compared to, like, say, in Asia, right? No, I'll admit, salary wise, it hasn't deflation has spilled, so has not uh kept up with inflation salary wise, but. I still technically make a lot more compared to, say, in uh, South America or Colombia, for example. Okay. All right. So you mentioned really hot weather, particularly yeah. in Daegu. Da yeah. Daegu. What, Daegu, yeah. What do you do when it gets to the 102 degree weather? 
Uh, well, let's get that high. Now with Daegu, it's because it's location, it's located in a basin, right? So all that heat gets trapped up in the city. So uh, if it gets too hot, do not go outside. I mean, it's, it's, I know it's, you want to go outside, but for health-wise safety, be careful, uh, reduce your indoor limitations, especially don't, I would not recommend hiking in, 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 a, in very hot weathers of Korea because it gets brutal. Oh my goodness, I can barely deal with 90 degree weather. Yeah. I can't imagine 102 degree yeah. weather. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I mean, creating hiking, especially outdoors, you love outdoors and hiking, like it's beautiful, especially in the summer, you get the clear skies. Uh, that's why I say around late April, May is usually the best, good sweet spot. Because yeah. usually around the time, it's going to be mostly clear skies throughout the week, clear sunny skies, um, a little to no rain, and usually before it gets too hot. Okay. You mentioned a big cult problem in South yeah. Korea. Have you ever been approached by anyone who's just like, hey, you want to join our church or you want to do this? Have you ever been approached to join? <laughs> yeah, no, probably, but I think there were Mormons though. But okay. anyway, but yeah, for those of those, yeah, like South Korea really, if you're a Christian, you think about trying to find a church in Korea, I wouldn't do it. I would not do it because South Korea does have a massive cult problem. Like, yeah, even Koreans know, like, yeah, there's a, there's some churches, there are some valid churches, but it's really hard to know who's a valid church and who's a cult because you think this small, cute church might be a good spot, right? But no, it could be under this uh, web of, of network, this network of a, of a massive cult, and you want me you know about no one until it's too late. Wow. Yeah, and, and even Koreans know, like, the churches, they have a massive cult problem. Like, even they know it. Um, and some, in some cases, I believe, uh, for some Korea, I think uh, Vice, they did an episode on that, uh, one of the churches too. Like, you should check it out, like Vice South Korea cult churches. Like, it's crazy. Wow, that's interesting. All right, so last question. If you had to write a traveler's guide to your life, right, mm -hmm. what would be the title? What would be the title of your life's guide? Ooh. The Blurred Traveler's Guide to What the Hell Just Happened. Right. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Because mine would just be very simple. Mine would be titled like Michelle's series of unfortunate events because it wouldn't be like as gloomy as, you know, it sounds, but it's good enough for like marketing. <laughs> unfortunate <laughs> events. <laughs> That's just what happens. Well, you did it. You reached the end of the fiery seat of heat and you did very well. So thank you for answering all those questions. I appreciate it. So before we end, I wanted you to let us know what you're working on, what's in store for you for your future, whether it's more books, more writing, all that stuff? Uh, right now, uh, taking a bit of hiatus, working on the book, but as I, as you heard throughout the book, I'm actually making a Black Trials Guide for South Korea. Um, there's going to be about a total of, excuse me, about 16 cities in Korea for you to explore this in the book. Uh, now, I mean, one of them is Jeonju, uh, some of the other places in the southwest part of Korea, southeast too as well. Uh, and of course, Seoul, I'm doing Busan. We spend uh, some starting next year, and we spend a lot of time in Busan working on that book as well. And of course, I'm going just traveling for the first time in a few years to Thailand very soon. Oh, wow. That's Thailand, great. Cambodia. So, yeah. So, yeah, I'm very excited for that trip to come coming up soon. Um, but yeah, so if you're still interested, uh, the Black Trials Guide to South Korea will be available by late spring, early summer 2023. 
Oh, amazing. And I'll make sure to put all those links and of course, just send them. Yeah, that's not ready yet. The pre-order is not there yet because I'm still going to work on the manuscript and stuff. But uh, once it. it becomes available, I will post, you'll see me post it all the time, blast it on social media. Um, but yeah, but if you're still interested to want to get a taste of what I did, uh, check out the Black Charles Guide to Inchon, <clears throat> Inchon, I-N-C-H-E-O-N, and the Black Charles Guide to Daegu, D-A-E-G-U. It's on Amazon right now, ebook format. Yep, and I will definitely make sure I post all those links so people can support. I think it's amazing. Good luck to you. I really enjoyed reading the books. It was an eye-opener because when you think of traveling, I feel most of us think of cliche touristy places. Yeah. Reading after reading both the books, I definitely you've definitely opened my eyes and opened the gate to my little noggin. So South Korea has definitely made it to my bucket list. So I thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. Uh, just keep in mind, when it comes to travel, everyone's travel story is going to be different. It was when it comes to travel, no two experiences, everybody's two uh, travel experiences is going to be the same. Not just with Korea, but with any country, really. Some right. people have a great time. Some will have a bad time. Some will have a racist, horrible experience. Others may not have that same experience. Everybody's going to be different. Yeah, absolutely. So, sadly, we've reached the end of the It's Me Shell podcast with our awesome guest, Phil, the Blurred Explorer. But before we go, I have to give you an opportunity to shout yourself out, you know, your social media, how can people follow, subscribe, or just, you know, harass you with South Korean questions. How do people yeah. do that? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at the Blurred Explorer. That's where you can find me right now. That is awesome. It's amazing. I'll make sure to post all the links to your book and again, all your social media platforms. It'll all be on the description. So make sure everyone shows some love, support, and make sure you follow your girl on Instagram at its.me.shell. Click that link in my bio. It'll connect you to all my podcast platforms and to YouTube. So yeah, with that said, peace and love. We out. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course, I need to see you. It's me. 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 It's me.